Welcome to Covenant Tribe Media Podcast, where we explore all things writers and filmmakers with an emphasis on faith-based and independent creators. The host is Asia Goldson, a multi-published author, screenwriter, and filmmaker. Now, let's talk media. All right, good evening. And welcome, welcome, welcome. We are welcoming Denise, Miss Denise Turney. How are you, Denise? I'm doing fabulous, and I thank you so much for inviting me on your show. So I know I enjoyed when I listened to it before. So thank you again, and happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to have you. If you could just, uh, Denise, just introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're calling in from this evening. Okay, uh, Denise Turney, and I'm actually right now in East Tennessee, but I am from Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. Same, not too far. My grandparents didn't live too far from where Paul Lawrence Dunbar House is. Ooh. Anybody who knows history and, and writers could go there and visit. And just a few blocks away is where I grew, grew up playing with, with my, at my grandparents' house, Dayton, Ohio. But then I moved. I went into the Navy. I've lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, went to the Navy and lived several other places. So right now, East Tennessee is home, considering maybe going back to Ohio. We'll see how that all pans out. But I, to, just to give you a little intro of me, my background as far as a writer, okay. I have, it started with just loving to read. I don't know why I love to read books. There are five of us. It's me, my sister. She's a school teacher. You would think she was the one who would be reading all the books when we were right. kids. <laughs> and then my three brothers. And so I don't know why, if you have children or you think of your own siblings or uh -huh. cousins or whatever, you're like, why does this person, some people drawn to cooking, some people drawn to music, some people are, I was drawn to books. And everybody's like, you always got a book. You always got a book. Right. What do I want? What do you want for Christmas? Books. Books. I can still remember my grandmother telling me, that's not a good Christmas gift. And my, <laughs> and my Aunt Pat came up and told me, that her and my uncle will make sure I got books for Christmas. Right. I, I don't know where it came from. So that love of books. Right. When I was 10 years old, I was reading a, a book of poetry. My sister came home. I want to say this is my sister on Long Walk, on my book, Long Walk Up. That's my sister, right. Adrian. Oh. So she came running up the steps. And she said, look what I found in the library. Right. She must have been like, how is she? Maybe eight, maybe uh -huh. eight years old. Wow. And she came home and said, look what I found in the library. And there's a book of poetry by Gwendolyn Brooks. Now I right. have read probably read hundreds of books by the time I was 10. Right. And so I was in a funk. My sister put the book on the bed and said, I'm going back outside to play. Ran back down the steps. Just, it took me a minute, but I finally picked the book up. It was small like this book. Right. And I started reading it. That book was powerful. Right. Of all the books I had read, it had an impact on me that no other mm. book had had. The characters were like they were alive. I'm like, that's like Aunt Ruby, and that's like this one. I didn't wow. want the book to end. Wow. And then when it ended, I put it back down on the mm -hmm. bed, and I sat down. I had this weird feeling come over mm -hmm. me. I was 10 years old. Right. And I went, oh, I'm a writer. That's it. <gasps> And an epiphany to have, right? And I started writing, so, and I didn't know what to write. I was writing poetry, short right. stories, plays. It, it was. I, I started on my first novel when I was twelve. I didn't know what to write. Nice, yeah. nice. Oh, that's that's. Ooh. I identify with all of that. We could be sisters. Okay. We could be sisters, girl. 
Wonderful, wonderful. So you are now, okay, you said several places because you, you were in the Navy. So you're not in Mississippi now. I was in Ohio. I went from, I've been a lot of places. I went, right. I'm born in Ohio, Dayton. Mm-hmm. Right. And I say my grandparents live close to where Paul and mm-hmm. houses. So right. Dayton, Ohio, to Knoxville, Tennessee. Yes. To in the Navy, I was in Hawaii, I was Florida, Everywhere. I was different places, mm-hmm. Indiana, right. and now I'm back in East Tennessee. Tennessee, and, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you okay. Got yeah. You've you been got traveling. <laughs> You've been traveling. All right, good. I love Tennessee. I love Tennessee. Love visiting. Excellent. All right. So you told us a little bit about how you started your writing journey, your early writing journey at 12. So take us through when that journey became when you became a professional because you know you were a child but when you grew up tell us a little bit about that that part of the journey you know i want to say this too and i always hear Mm -hmm. authors say this to read a lot of books and maybe that was my prequel to writing i read so many books as a kid Mm -hmm. even books that like my angelos i know what a cage but i was reading all kinds of books right so When I started on my first novel at 12, I knew it was a like a calling for me mm. to write. I knew because for the way I received it. And right. so I always called it my burning bush experience. Right. So anyway, so I started on my first novel, which may always be for me. I may never publish it. And I didn't finish it till I was about 18 years old because I was going to school. I ran track. Right. I ran cross country. Right. And I started working full time when I was 16. So I was doing a lot of stuff. And then I finally finished it. it was, that book was about a football player, huh. Clara and Tori. I remember the name. Remember. They met in high school, fell in love. They had a child. He went on into the NFL. Uh-huh. And he ended up getting sick and passing away. And her and the, oh, the wow. daughter were, were very, very close. Okay. But that was my very first novel. And I can remember first my grandfather novel. telling me, he said, you, you're going to do really well. You're going to make it. He said, but you got to get some more living under you. To right. really be able to understand more deeply what you're writing about, because True. when I feel a lot of emotion when I'm writing, mm-hmm. I the readers feel it too. Right. And it's really strange, even working with an editor, mm-hmm. you're talking about the process of becoming a professional yes. a writer. Yes. When I'm writing and something doesn't feel right, but I still maybe let it go. Mm-hmm. I've read a quote by Toni Morrison, and she said, when you keep working with something, there's something to do with editing, and there's something where you just keep working with something. Right. She said, there's probably something that needs to come out. Mm. You just, you can't get it to work. It doesn't can't feel right. right. Yeah. Just stop working with it. Just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> and that's a part of being a professional writer, because that's not always easy. Oh. In isolation, that piece can really be strong and good, but mm-hmm. it doesn't fit the story. It doesn't feel so true. Story. Yes. And it's so hard for writers to let sometimes let those words go because they're so beautiful and we love them so much. <laughs> That's it. The writing by itself is really strong. But when you put it in with the story, it needs to come out. So that and getting more experience mm-hmm. for me so I can really have like a, an emotional connection to what to different scenes I'm writing about in a story. I think that's what my grandfather was saying. And so I just kept writing. Mm -hmm. When I look back now, after decades of writing novels, I would say life, and I heard the singer Maxwell say this once. Mm -hmm. They asked him why it took him so long between, I think his first or second album Mm -hmm. and the one with Pretty Wings on it. They asked him why it took so long. He said, I had to go get some more living because you need the material. It's true. 
the material for what what you're creating. So I think as we, as writers or artists or creatives, mm-hmm. as time goes on, we get more of that experience. And I would think that our art gets sharpened. And you can tell, you can tell our art oh, sharpened. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I agree. And I would say, would you agree also, not only the living part, but also just the knowledge of the craft, right? Just the practicing of the craft just makes you better and better and better. Yes. And it's changed. I will tell you, you know, the classics that that years ago, the classics, I think a lot of those authors today, especially Uh with the internet, where we're told to write things shorter, 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 get to the point quicker. Those classics that are renowned today, they might tell those authors, you're too wordy. Right. (laughs) Cut it back. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a new day. It's a new day. Definitely. Okay. So we see how that progressed on through the years. What age did you get published? Was your first book published? So that process, I got started trying to get published Mm -hmm. right away. I didn't really even know the direction of what I thought I was Mm -hmm. supposed to do or what I was going to do. So my earliest, and I'm going back to being a child, a kid, I won't say a child like 10. I was 10 or 12 when I started anthologies. I started Mm -hmm. getting published in anthologies. And I said, to me, I said, this is really not, I don't think real serious (laughs) being in an anthology. So I started studying. I used to go down. I used to go down on Gay Street in Knoxville, downtown. There was what they call. I think it was Walden Books. I don't even know if they still have Walden Books. I don't know. This way before what I ever heard. Barnes and Noble's been around a long time, but right. it wasn't around. And Borders wasn't around. But I used right. to go into Walden Books. Walden. And I'd get the Writer's Digest. Mm-hmm. The writer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I get I know them. Mm-hmm. to read and study. I went to writers' mm-hmm. conferences. I mean, I really, really was like a student. Right. So through all of that, it took the first, again, anthologies. I worked right. with a, a professional poet, not knowing, again, which direction I'm going to say. When I was right. in the Navy, I self-published a book. It was more a book about a relationship, kind of written, written in a poetic form. Okay. And the company went bankrupt. So oh, no. I, I, it is what it is. Right. So I said, okay. Now I have to pick up and start over. Mm -hmm. So my first book, Portia, which is an inspirational story about a woman dealing, she uses her faith in her family. She's Mm -hmm. dealing with breast cancer. That came out in July of 1998. Okay. And I learned how to market a book. And that book really did well when it came out. It did really well. The the environment for selling books was different. Self-published books, they were very frowned upon. Bookstores didn't want to touch them. Libraries didn't want to touch them. But I worked with a group of authors in the Philly area. Uh Karen Quintos Miller is one. She wrote Satin Doll. She pushed it and pushed it and pushed it until Uh it became a New York Times bestseller. And she got a a traditional book deal. Zane was was just coming out. Uh And I'm trying to think of some. uh, Carl Weber was just coming out. He's on wow. television. Yes. He was he was just coming out. So I was coming out at the same time uh, mm-hmm. uh, with them. And I would go to the Harlem Book Fair. I saw Carl uh Karen at events in Philadelphia. Right. And so so Portia was my first yes, when I got published Portia July nineteen ninety eight and it did very well. People would come I was getting money orders, checks. People ordered Wow. Yes, it's Amazon Wonderful. wasn't around. That was right, Amazon. right. It was very yes. different. Right. So yes. yes, I was about to say, yeah, it is very different. 
So how would you say marketing is now the difference between marketing now and marketing was then? I called it my Mickey Mouse website. I put this little website together. Uh-huh. America Online used to let small businesses. This is uh-huh. when people, America Online was big. Right. Yahoo was big. There was yes. no Google. There yes, was no I remember. Media. Right, no right, Google. right. None of it. And so they would let small businesses to support them, you know, for uh-huh. free. They right. could host a small website for a small business. So that's how I got my first website. And I created okay. it myself. I called it my Mickey but I sold so many books through there. That's I kid wonderful. you not. I kid you not. And so my marketing was, I would go to businesses that I knew got, were heavily trafficked. Uh-huh. I had this place in Trent, New Jersey called, they sold these juices. It was like a fruit okay. and vegetable market. I would go okay. there. I'd ask, is it okay if I stick a flyer up on your bulletin board? I would go to different stores and ask. Right. I, flyers on people's cards. Right. I go to colleges, universities, put them up on the on the announcements. I put it up. I did direct mail. I attended events. I mean, I was postcards. You were on postcards. it. Oh, yeah. I did a lot of radio. Mm-hmm. Podcasts were not a big thing, right? Right. At the I time. Right. Radio you listen to in the car. Right. I did radio all over the country and it did the oh, sales to go. Wow. Wow. So, so you were, it sounds like you were doing this full time. This is what you were doing. No, you're I not. had a job. <laughs> okay. Wow. I had a job. Oh, wow. So you, yeah, you sound like you had that marketing thing. You, you knew what you were doing. No, I was going to make it happen. Yes. <laughs> right. I see. I see. How would you say, well, we talked about how it's different. What are you doing differently now as opposed to what you were doing then? I don't hit the road as much as I used to. I used mm-hmm. to be on the road, right. either some, either somewhere when I lived and been Salem, 20 minutes north of Center City, Philadelphia. I was in a central location, Philly, New York, Virginia, Georgia, mm-hmm. Florida that much, North Carolina, I could go Baltimore. I was hitting those you spots. Were, I see. I was going to events, a lot of events. Uh-huh. And, but I have to be careful with events because the registration fees can go from Anywhere yes. from thirty to two hundred and fifty dollars. Yes. So I had to make sure they were pulling in enough of my target audience, not mm-hmm. just of a, a conference. They pull in enough of my audience that I could at least break even when I when on the left. registration. Mm-hmm. So I had to sell enough books to break even. But I used I hit the road a lot. I don't hit the road as much as I do now. Mm-hmm. I do take out ads on Amazon. I went to put a book out on Barnes and Noble so I can start marketing through that. In the back of all my books, I always put the titles of my other books. Right. So if somebody enjoys my book, they can go to my website. It's always in my book. And then learn more about my other books. So internet ads, social media. And then really, I don't put a lot of ads out on social media. Uh-huh. I, I just engage in general conversation with people. Right. And then also, I pay one organization. It's not much at all. They keep Twitter ads going for me so gotcha. I, don't ha- I don't have gotcha. to do that but um oh like more social media podcast my website blogging okay blogging also wonderful so you definitely stay busy with the writing yes that's awesome 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 so tell us about your current release okay so my latest i don't have a cover copy for you that's other okay. than this one this i started a middle school book uh-huh. About four years ago, 
Nice. This is not the latest. The latest one is Rosetta. She's at the skateboard park, and right. something happens with her. She's very athletic, and her mother's a painter. Her father works at a marketing firm. Uh-huh. She is like pithy longstocking. This little girl right. is <laughs> courageous, creative, go for it. She's at the right. fifth grade talent show here. She has her and her arts nemesis who will okay. be anything to stop Rosetta. So what's right. going to happen at the fifth grade talent show? The skateboards, her and her friends do something very good to help runaways and animals at the zoo. Uh-huh. But you have to read the story to see, right, see, to see, see what happens. Good, yeah. good. And then my other latest, uh-huh. Heal Gorgeous, Wisdom Within You Knows the Way. Uh-huh. And that book, the aim of it is to help people to heal. It's poetic writing, short writings, and it's selling well. I think people Wonderful. are resonating. Something in them is resonating with, with the writing in it. Uh-huh. So that, that's my latest one. Again, Heal Gorgeous, Wisdom Within You Knows the Way. Ebook, paperback, hardback. And you can visit me online and read excerpts from my books at chistel.com, C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com. All right. Now, you've given us how to, how to get to the book, but tell us just a little bit about that Heal Gorgeous. I know people are resonating with that because I know a lot of people that need healing. <laughs> so I know. So one thing, I, when I wrote that book, I said, I don't want to use the word you too much. Uh-huh. I don't want people to become, we can become our brains. Uh-huh. So it's not a, I don't know, chastisement. The, uh-huh. the book is to show us at our core, particularly if you believe that love or light created uh-huh. us uh-huh. just like yourself uh-huh. as extensions of itself. Uh-huh. That has to be what we are. And right. so we've forgotten at our core, really, what we are. Uh-huh. And we behave based on what we believe about ourselves. Okay. Even, even if that belief is inaccurate. Uh-huh. You see it in people all the time. Right. You, you behave the way. So uh-huh. it is really to help you start to connect with your core through the writing short stories where you can read Wonderful. another person's going through something like holding themselves in unforgiveness, uh-huh. seeing themselves, they made a mistake, they won't forgive themselves. Right. And seeing themselves as a like a screw up. Uh-huh. You can look through this and maybe it'll resonate with you. Right. Even at the subconscious level that, hey, I do this. Right. And I still am this amazing, amazing being. And if I just tap into the truth about myself, uh-huh. okay. I, can begin, I can begin to heal. All right. That's not, yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds like exactly what we all need to, to, to read right about now. Excellent. Excellent. When did you decide that you were going to write that book? And how long was the process? That one, I'm trying to remember what tipped that off in me to write that book. But I started Heal Gorgeous about a year ago. Okay. And I, I thought I could get it done fairly quickly. But when I'm writing those, like a nonfiction book, and I've mm-hmm. written maybe three nonfiction, I get okay. my chapters. Right. And then I start writing. Again, with that type of book and the aim to help people to heal, it really, I have to dig deep. It has to really resonate. And I've done a lot of studying myself on like the, right. the brain, how the brain works. Okay. Our brain can literally lie to us, uh-huh. how the brain works and how, what the power of belief. And I always think we all have a somewhat like a, almost like a godlike power from this aspect. We all have the power to make a decision and the decision we make can change our whole life. That's correct. 
your whole life. That is uh-huh. the power to make a decision. Is so powerful. Uh-huh. So powerful. I think about hero Harriet Tubman when she decided I'm not staying on this plantation. It right. changed everything. The yes. power to make a decision. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Could you just tell us, Denise, one more time? This is so fascinating. I could just sit here and talk about books for the rest of the evening. But just remind us where we can get a hold of you and get a hold of these uh, excellent books. Thank you so much, first of all, again. My website, and I would love for you to visit me, every single one yes. of you, is www.chistelchistell.com. Again, chistell.com. Yes. My books are available in ebook, paperback, hardback. You can get them Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo. Yes, and there are a few small bookstores that also carry my books. And I always tell people they're carried by Ingram. If you don't see it in a library or on a bookstore shelf, just ask the clerk that you'd like to get a copy of a book. If you visit my website, you see the titles, a book by Denise Turney, and they can order it for you. Absolutely. uh, Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a delight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Definitely let us know when your next release comes out so we can support that as well. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And you've been listening to Covenant Tribe Media. Thank you so much. And join us again next time. Good night. Thank you for listening. Join your host, Asia Goldson, next time on the Covenant Tribe Media Podcast.